Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tesser of Wrestling.com. I'm joined by Dennis Farrell of the Wrestling Perspective Podcast, and it is absolutely a pleasure to be joined by Dennis today. Dennis, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thank you so much. You have been one of those guys that have been a huge supporter through your writing of our show. Anytime news breaks, you're pretty much the first ones all over it. So it's an honor to be here with the guy that's like all over my stuff. And it's an honor to be here with, you know, a guy I admire your work. I love your guys' show. If, you, if For you guys uh, that are maybe watching this, can't recommend the wrestling perspective enough. It's on YouTube. You guys, Dennis, if you want to plug the pl the platforms you've got. But constantly, your guys are interviewing some of the very top stars in uh, AEW, Ring of Honor. You know, you, people once they uh, leave WWE, always just great content over there. Uh, can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, we've been very lucky. And I'll even give you an exclusive. In... Two weeks, Alistair Black or Malachi. Oh, boy. That's no, good, that's gonna be a good one. That's that's an exclusive for you guys. So yes. Oh, that'll that'll be awesome. I'm looking forward to that one. He's one of my very favorites. So you can be you can be sure I'll be checking that one out. But uh today we are here to talk about Ring of Honor, best in the world. The Ring of Honor will be back on pay-per-view, back with live fans for the first time in ages on Sunday. First time since the pandemic started. They're back with live fans, they've been doing empty arena shows. So needless to say, the stakes are high, the buzz is high. This will be a very exciting show. And we've got eleven matches technically total on the card between hour one and the main show. Though Title matches, grudge matches, and more. And, and I'm sure well, there will be some unexpected things, some surprises as well. So we're here to break down the card, to share our thoughts on it, maybe you know, kind of preview these matches, give our predictions. And we'll dive right in here with the hour one matches. We're going to have uh, two matches on that first hour, which will be absolutely free on YouTube. And I think it's on Honor Club as well. So if you don't, if you're on the fence about buying the main show, you can check out hour one and kind of get a feel for it. But for the matches on that first hour, first off, we are going to see Dan Housen and PCO, former world champion PCO, facing the team of the Bouncers. The Bouncers, a team that's been uh, showing some a different side of themselves lately. A team that was once the fun drunks is now uh, a team that will do anything to win. And they're, though I guess it's safe to say they're, they're the bad guys now. And obviously they've been very tested as a tag team going up against a much less tested team in Danhausen PCO. But what they lack in experience, they certainly make up for in personality with Danhausen PCO, a very, uh, just a fun mix of personalities there. Dennis, what are your thoughts on this match here? You know what? I, I, it's a very curious match. And when I look at it, the, the bouncers cannot lose this match. I mean, as much as Dan Housen has been made a name for himself, and we all love PCO, former world champion, I really feel like these two are just kind of thrown together here just to kind of make the bouncers look a little bit better. Uh, there's no way I really can see Dan Housen and, and PCO winning this match. It just... It just doesn't make sense to me. I, I think the bouncers are going to win this, and it's going to be a cutesy match. Maybe we'll get a little bit of comedy out of Danhausen, but I really think uh, someone's going to take a beating in this, and it's not going to be the bouncers. It's hard to disagree. I think that that experience that I was just mentioning speaks for itself. The bouncers, not only that experience, but maybe that added drive to really uh, to succeed here. This is probably their biggest test since they... They reunited. They they were kind of drifting apart a little bit once the Bear City Bruiser turned on Matt Taven. Now they're back as a united front. And yeah, I have to imagine as as fun as Danhouse and PCO are, uh, they are definitely untested in that sense. And you know, for me, I look at this as a match kind of pretty important for the Ring of Honor tag team division in general. I mean, you look at we'll talk about the tag team title match later on, but you know, 
I think this is a great chance to establish Ring of Honor, uh, or sorry, establish the bouncers as kind of a, a real credible team in Ring of Honor and to kind of set them up as, if not, you know, the number one contender, at least kind of a, a winning duo in that sense. So I think I'll definitely agree with you, Dennis, in that this is match for the bouncers kind of need to win, should win. And for all, like, for all intents and purposes, I think they will win. So I would definitely think that's how it will play out on Sunday. And this is the perfect match to put on for free anyways. Everybody right now loves Dan Housen. He's doing phenomenal stuff on social media. And I think if if nobody's really seen him wrestle, and I'm not sure what the percentage of people who follow him haven't really seen him on Ring of Honor television, but I think this is that match where you throw him out there. It only helps his popularity going forward, win or lose. I agree. I mean, for me, and for me, you know, Dan Housen being paired with the former world champion like PCO only stands to gain in that sense. I mean, I think a lot of people know about Dan Housen. You know, he's got he's obviously got that great personality, but from a maybe a, like a, a legitimacy aspect of it, you know, working with a world champion like PCO should only help benefit him here. Uh, in a similar sense, I think some of the only stance to gain from their match on Best in the World, Hour One at least, will be Demonic Flamita versus Ray Oris. For me, uh, I talked about it on the, I do the recap of Honor podcast every week talking about Ring of Honor. And when they first uh, introduced this Demonic Flamita character, I was here for it. I was like, this is cool. Like, you know, for me, I talked about it then. A lot of the time, it feels like a lot of promotions kind of. Well, I uh, maybe just kind of box Mac, uh, Mexican wrestlers, literally by wrestlers as guys that can do cool offense and like that. It's literally that their gimmick tends to be they're literally by wrestlers. Like that's it. Demonic Familia comes out kind of like unannounced. Like we, he goes one week from they, he had turned kind of heel. The, the Mexican squad broke up, comes out and out of nowhere, he's uh, Demonic Familia. He's got this demonic like entrance video. And we're, we've only seen can maybe the, uh, you know, just the surface of what they can do with it. Uh, but with this match here, he'll be taking on one of his former partners in Mexico squad, Ray Oris, definitely a veteran of the business. And just like Ken, we were saying about uh, the bouncers facing PSO and Danhausen. I look at this match for what as one that I think demonic media really needs to win. Cause for me, that character of demonic media really could be, uh, maybe one of the, depending how far they want to go with it. One of the most interesting characters, uh, the ring of honor, uh, has available right now and uh, in that sense having demonic for me to pick up a win here uh would definitely help him gain some momentum heading into the summer here on a big stage like best in the world but dennis i guess i should say what do you think of this match and maybe just more generally this this new character well you know don't forget they faced off in what survival of the fittest and that is correct the qualifying match yeah and demonic went over on that one and i think he'll go over again I, you know, you look at the two guys, and I think you said it right. Demonic really kind of has a little bit more oomph right now, storyline wise, on the roster wise. I think Chorus is the perfect setup guy to make him look like I wouldn't say I don't know what the next level to where he is now, but I think this is a match set up to make Demonic look better, look good. And Horus is the perfect opponent for him. I think this right here might have match of the night written all over it this this has that potential both guys can go both guys can look great i'm excited for this match i'm i'm going demonic by the way yeah i I would agree and it's funny you say match of the night contender i would agree and it's on hour one you don't have to pay to see it you don't like there's no investment required you're gonna get this match totally free and i say that every week on my recap of honor podcast like they say it's the best wrestling on the world it's hard to disagree they're gonna give you this match totally free and you know i can't recommend it enough we saw i think it was 
might have been final battle. It was Bandito, uh, Rayoris, and Flamita in a triple threat match. And they stole the show in a match that wasn't even announced ahead of time. That was a very impromptu situation. And they went out there, you know, tore the house down. And I, for all intents and purposes, expect this to be the exact same. Uh, both guys very, very talented. I'm looking forward to it. And I would definitely, again, we're, we're two for two agreeing that I, I think this is the one that uh, Flamita would definitely stand to gain the most from winning. And I, the, for that reason, I think he should win. So uh, that would be my call for that one as well. I would love to have seen this on the main card and maybe put the Briscoes match in this spot, but Hey, they're not paying you and I to make that uh, decision. So enjoy the free match because this, this is the match I'm really excited about. Absolutely. I think it'll be a good one. Like I said, it's going to be an hour one, totally free. So uh, there's a look for me. I, I, if I, I'm going to be watching it anyway, obviously, but if I'm not, if I'm not planning on buying the show, that match for me sells the, this uh, hour one or the, or the pre-show, if you will, to me, that sells on its own main show. We've got, I think, I guess at this point, nine matches. Otherwise, aside from those two uh, hour one matches, title matches and grudge matches galore. We'll start with some of the non-title matches, even though each one of these uh, have definitely some stakes and some heat to them anyway, regardless of not having a title. And for me, I've interviewed the guy recently, so I'll start here. Josh Woods versus Silas Young, a last man standing match. Maybe if I'm looking at the card now, probably the most heated grudge match on this card he's got some feuding for quite a while they're former partners and two guys one tag josh woods beat silas young in a pure rules match last month so i i would say the momentum is in his corner but silas uh in a, in a post match uh, that they showed online kicked josh below the belt i make it clear that uh they were not done yet and here we are a last man standing match i look at this one the tactical beast josh woods I mean, I want to keep predicting whoever stands the most to gain from winning it. But Josh Woods, he's young. He's got all the potential in the world. I think, you know, he's definitely whatever division it might be. I, I think he's going to be a future champion somehow in Ring of Honor. And for me, that starts here. Or I should say that continues here by beating Silas Young, by putting this uh, heated rivalry to bed uh, and beating a, a, you know, a well-tested and solid veteran like Silas. I really think that this one's got uh, Josh winning on written all over it, wouldn't you say? All right. I've got two ways of thinking in this match and follow me here. I think they're not done yet, which I don't know what each one of these guys would go to from here. Josh Woods would probably move up a little bit into one of the title pictures. Silas may, you know, kind of float around where he is now, but I think it's too early in the summer to let these two go. I don't know if there is anything for these two elsewhere. If we, as we get into the matches, you know, we'll discuss it. There were other guys that should be in different spots that aren't in there. Briscoe's are one of them we thought would be in the championship picture. Uh, but I'm going to say that Josh dominates this. And my instinct is Josh Woods wins, but I'm going to say Silas Young only because he's clever. He's the old shifty veteran who's going to find a way to pull this out and maybe not legally. I, I That would be the only reason why I would say Silas Young. I think Josh deserves a win. Josh should win this match. But I, you look at the roster, where would these two guys go next after this, honestly? It's hard to see. You know, uh, I will say in my interview with uh, Josh Woods, he at least kind of hinted at least a little bit that he called his feud with Silas a series of matches. And I think at that point, this was before the this match was even announced. But even still, that kind of caught me. I was like, huh, maybe maybe there this isn't it. You know, maybe they will keep going because I, I think I would agree. You know, Josh Woods has already challenged for the pure title, came up short against Jonathan Gresham a couple months ago. Um, 
And Silas Young, obviously, I think as a veteran, a veteran of his status, they could easily slot him in anywhere. But maybe the best usage would be uh, continuing this feud. And then from here, I guess I could I could see Glory by Honor uh, next month in August in Philadelphia being maybe the blow off there. Although I'm not sure, you know, how, how you kind of uh, progress from a last man standing match. We saw the pure rules match. Now it's the last man standing. Uh, for me, like typically in a lot of ways, last man standing matches are, do feel like those blow off two feuds in that sense. But um, I, I could I could usually see it continuing in that sense, you know. And then I guess at this point, if Silas wins, I think that give him the two to one advantage. But then I guess I, this, I, I think this is the rubber match. I think they've both won one, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, that doesn't mean that it can't continue beyond that. So I think I would agree that, you know, it feels like Josh Wood should win. But that doesn't mean that he will. It feels like this could be the the, the blow off. That doesn't mean it will. Well, I mean, go back to WWE when Roman Reigns and you know Kevin Owens had their what was it last man ten count last man standing match, and what happened? You know, trickery at the end, and it did wasn't a blow off, and that's kind of how I'm I'm seeing this match, because if Woods wins, the rivalry's over. It's it's done. They're going to move on. I think. As I said before, I, I think it's too early to let these guys go just because I don't know what they would do next. I think Silas has to be clever, pull something out of his butt, and and win this match to keep this going just for Ring of Honor not having to worry about booking them in a month or two. I would agree. And just put a little bow on it. I mean, his nickname is The Last Feel Man. Kind of it would be fitting for him to be the last man standing. So I could definitely see that playing out on Sunday. So needlessly, I'm very much looking forward to it because it does feel like uh, really either either avenue available, Woods or Young winning would make sense, you know, and I could definitely any either one would offer a lot of possibilities. So I'm looking forward to that. Another one I'm really looking forward to. Uh, is EC3 versus Flip Gordon. This is a match that's been in the works for a little while. EC3, I guess it's, it stemmed from EC3 teaming with Flip Gordon. They beat the Briscoes, which is a big a big deal. Obviously, Briscoes, they didn't tag. But EC3 took issue with the fact that uh, Flip Gordon cheated to do so. And EC3, a guy that's on this quest to prove or just like, uh, to see whether honor is for you. And obviously, seeing Flip Gordon cheat like that against you know the Briscoes, a guy that he earned the respect of in Jay Briscoe back at the 19th anniversary pay-per-view, uh, you know, basically, it's in a way, it's still on that mission to prove that honor is real and to kind of, you know, take issue with Flip Gordon for being dishonorable. I think this that kind of story writes itself. This is a match we haven't seen all too much of a build of, if, as I can recall, on RHTV beyond that tag team match and then some promos after that. Uh, Flip Gordon came out a couple weeks after that, challenged Roosh to a match. He got uh, even. EC3 instead, and we're going to see this match. This will be EC3's only second uh, pay-per-view match for Ring of Honor after his first debut was uh, delayed back in Final Battle. Um, so he debuted at ninth anniversary, lost that one, and for that reason, uh, I guess I should say, among others, I would have to kind of think that EC3 will probably win this one. Uh, for me, he's a former world champion. I would imagine Ring of Honor might be in some ways eager to kind of build him up in that sense, but at the same token, you've got Flip Gordon, and he will finally be challenging for the world title at Glory by Honor next month, whoever wins the main event of, of Best in the World, whether it's Roos or Bandito, he will get that title match. And, you know, I think he would definitely stand to gain from a big win over a former world champion in AC3, kind of taking that right into Glory by Honor and, you know, having that big win in his back pocket ahead of that one. But what, what do you think, Dennis? I can't imagine Ring of Honor would do something so stupid as having the next guy in line to face the world champion in Philadelphia lose to EC3. I think that would be bad booking. I think it would hurt Flip. 
even even if there's a small chance that you would put Flip over as a champion, I think this match right here is is pivotal pivotal in making me believe Flip is a real contender by beating EC3. So I feel like Flip has to come out on top in this match to really sell the fact that he's a legitimate world title challenger next month. Absolutely. You know that and that main event was announced I think already like maybe two weeks ago at this point. So for me, just kind of the way that that kind of happened, that that's a chain of events there. It makes it feel like, yeah, you know, it would be very surprising if Flip lost only call it roughly uh, a month before that title match against Roosh. Um, you know, and then to me, that would make all sense in the world. And again, a guy like EC3, former world champion, uh, I would imagine, you know, as I just said, Flip Gordon, he cheated to beat the Briscoes. He could easily cheat here to kind of help EC3 stay face in that sense. And, you know, if they want to do a rematch, whatever down the road, that's one thing. But I think Gordon definitely stands to win from that because he will be facing Roosh and they already made that clear. So friend of the show, Nessa Curse in the comments saying she doesn't like Flip as a heel. She wants him to turn babyface so that she can cheer him again uh, and saying he even deserves the title. So uh, for me, I mean, I liked Flip as a heel, but I think he's kind of I think he he, he really plays that role well of this guy that, you know, flies in the face of what honor stands for he's kind of at least unofficially feuded with the foundation a little bit and i'm intrigued by this matchup of gordon versus roosh kind of look ahead a little bit because obviously these are both guys that are very much defiant of honor and, and you know everything the foundation stands for and like it is this kind of untraditional matchup of two bad guys you know and i think that's one thing that marivana has done pretty well where you don't always have that traditional of good guy, bad guy, face, heel, a lineup like that. So I guess I just kind of answer this comment. Do you really think that Flip is better as a face or heel? And you mentioned a minute ago, but do you think there's any chance Flip could beat Roosh next month? Or do you think that's more just kind of a a, a, a major upset that probably won't happen? I'll preface this by saying, uh, if we remember during the Me Too movement, Flip was super hot. Then uh, some allegations came out and it seemed like Flip has been fighting this uphill battle to get the popularity back that uh, he had beforehand. Now, I'm going to say, I don't know. Uh, I just saw his name pop up a at that time. He all but kind of disappeared from wrestling for a short time. Now he's back. Uh, I feel like if he can gain even a little bit of the momentum, which he's slowly starting to do, of what he had, and we'll find out as crowd starts, you know, pouring in what they feel and where Flip is, because you know that that Me Too movement kind of hit during what right before COVID or right mm -hmm. around COVID. So a lot of these wrestlers who may have been, and once again, I'll use the word fringe. I don't know if he's guilty or innocent. I didn't read any of the allegations on him, but I seeing him back in Ring of Honor makes me believe that. He might he might have been cleared of whatever was levied against him that he deserves the championship. He was a young kid who went from this white meat baby face kid to now he's the mercenary and kind of grungy looking. And I really like this look. If he turns face, I want him to stick with this look. And I know a lot of people are like, well, you know, when you do a change, you've got to change your appearance. That's fine, but I, I want him to stay this version of Flip because this, is, this isn't this is the kid anymore. He's more of an adult. He's gone through things. I have I like the journey that Ring of Honor is taking me with him. So uh, I, I don't know if it matters if he's hill or face for me. I just like the fact that he's going in there and putting in the work. 
I agree. And yeah, yeah, I he's one of those guys, you know, among many others that does have those, you know, allegations against him or that it's in some sense. But as you said, he's here in the Gavana, he's in this prominent spot. He'll be challenging for the world title. And I, I do I very much agree with that comment that he's been on this journey just as a as a character standpoint, Ring of Honor. I remember one of my earliest impressions of him. I uh he beat Bully Ray at uh, might have been like Manhattan Mayhem or, or one of those shows, maybe like two years ago at this point. And now he's a lot has changed. You know, back then, they're kind of uh, building off. And Nestor Curse points out he's a military vet. So that kind of adds to that um, you know, total package of his character. But I remember that show. I think he hit Bully with the flag or something like that. Um, so I think he can definitely work as a healer face. It doesn't even really matter. But I do like this mercenary character. Heal or face, I think either one, it, it works well. Um, whether or not he beats Roosh, I don't know. But I think that'll be a good match, just like it'll be on uh, on Sunday as well. I think putting him there with a guy like EC3 uh, will be a great test for him by getting in there with a world champion before that world title match next month. Speaking of world champions, Jay Lethal will be in action on Sunday. He'll be facing uh, Brody King and a collision of, I'll say, two of the unofficial leaders of uh, two of Ring of Honor's top stables here, the Foundation for Lethal, Finals Unlimited for Brody King. Uh, for the, for me, this one, definitely an interesting collision between those two guys because I think the winner, you know, it's fair to say, like, the, the winning leader of that stable kind of could be considered the most threatening stable to Roosh and to uh, LaFaction and Bernable. So we already saw Joe Lethal challenge Roosh. We already saw Brody King challenge uh, Roosh as well. But, you know, def uh, both cases, you know, the, the result was uh, with some nefarious means. So I think that this could uh, potentially set up a rematch. But at the very least, I look at this for Brody King, a guy that uh, I'll say is kind of on the periphery of that real main event status Ring of Honor. I think if he beats Joe Lethal on Sunday, that could really kind of help him uh, really climb that into that real echelon of main eventers there on the other hand jay lethal you know this could be a chance for him to kind of get back to that real uh status as the franchise as, as the big time player as a you know record making champion in ring of honor but either way i think where this one might just be one of the masters of the night because both guys really have proven their, themselves in the ring in that sense so i'm looking forward to it dennis what do you think this might be one of those true matches where you don't really know who's going to come out on top. There's a few factors here that you have to, to take into account. Is Brody King going to even stick around in Ring of Honor? That's that. This is a true sign of if he is or isn't, because you're right, Brody's on that cusp. I think if Brody wins this match, he's going on to be, I wouldn't say the next Ring of Honor champion, but he will be shortly thereafter one of the next. Now, we forget Brody pinned, what, Lethal to set this match up. He did. And this could be Lethal's win to get back. I, I really, if I had to flip a coin, I would say Brody King is sticking around. Brody King goes over in this match. Uh, but that's gun to my head. I, I I don't really know. I mean, I've I've watched. I've went over. I've tried to figure this out. This is where wrestling gets it right when we sit down and we don't, really know what's going to happen and this might be one of those matches yeah absolutely it's it's hard to call uh again those kind of variables at play i remember i forget exactly where but brody king it was a while ago he said in an interview that he kind of wanted to use his time in ring of honor to kind of hone his skills but you know anybody and i should say any any kind of top guy in ring of honor we, and we have seen it in the past sometimes they they sign elsewhere so brody king i think he's 33 or so right now so definitely in that prime of his career or he could very well at some point choose to go elsewhere not to say that he will 
but it's obviously it could be an option for him. He's a very talented guy. Uh, so I think this match could be kind of telling in that sense, where if he does win, he could really set himself up to be, uh, like I said, like a main event guy, main event, but if not, you know, maybe that could kind of indicate that, you know, someday sooner and later, maybe that, that he might choose to go elsewhere. And I, as obviously he also works uh, with new Japan pro wrestling He's on new Japan strong all the time. So, you know, there's something there as well. So uh, you just, it is hard to tell in that sense, but again, like we've mentioned the some of the other matches, the outcome hard to call, but you just, you do know that the match will probably be very, very good. So I'm looking forward to that one very much. And uh, that kind of wraps up the, the non-title matches there because every title and Ring of Honor will be on the line on Sunday. And I guess with that, we can start off with the World Six-Man Tag Team Championship. It will be Shane Taylor Promotions, Shane Taylor and the Soldiers of Savagery, versus the oddball team of Dalton Castle, Eisen, and Deck. Uh, this match is interesting in the fact that we've never seen Castle, Eisen, and Draper team up together. And when they made, they announced the, the they announced the match, and it was like, oh, you know, for me, uh, Castle, Eisen, and Draper, at least in some semblance, have been feuding or or you know uh engage in this conflict i mean ison beat draper in the in this five both of his qualifiers uh they, they faced off i think once before that and then dalton castle came out and kicked uh, kick both guys below the belt to add more to add more flair to ring of honor television so uh ironically this match could be a great way to do that because there's going to be I'd, I'd expect there to be drama i mean they don't have any loyalty to each other they, you know, it seems like kind of a powder keg of a situation but uh on, on the flip side you've got Shane Taylor promotions a well-oiled machine uh they've been a very dominant trio i from my i think months ago Shane Taylor uh, we're talking about Brody King Jay Lethal Shane Taylor pinned Jay Lethal in the six-man match so you know I, w- I would definitely favor Shane Taylor and everyone out today and he explained that the lack of tape and the lack of experience for uh Castle Ice and Vapor could kind of be in their in their favor because you don't have that tape to study you don't know what to expect but uh i think in that sense that makes this one interesting to watch and at the same time i got to think that shane Taylor promotions uh you know probably should be considered the favorites in this one wouldn't you say no chance shane taylor promotions loses this match no chance a matter of fact i would be shocked at the end of this match if if any one of the three from Castle or Draper or Eli will still be around, I, I feel like there will be some tomfoolery here where it will cause the young team to 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 break up, walk away, something. I can't, I just I just don't see anywhere in in, in any of the tea leaves, Dalton Castle, Draper, or Eli winning this match. No way. I would agree. I expect some. You said Tom Fulori, some betrayal, something, somebody walking out. Um, for me, I like the idea of potentially, you know, Draper and Castle kind of being in cahoots. Maybe, you know, Castle becomes like a mentor-like figure to, to Dak Draper, uh, a guy that, you know, a former top prospect winner, a guy that could really stand to work uh, with, you know, a former world champion like Don Castle in a more prolonged sense. You know, maybe, that'll, that, maybe that kind of continues the, this feud with Ison, you know, and then that'd be mutually beneficial because then they... Both would be uh, working with a formal champion like that, uh, but yeah, I've I've got to think we're in for some some. You know, I, I like the word Tom Fuller, something here because I I definitely don't see Shane Taylor Promotions losing. For me, for me, it's just weird that um, and maybe we'll see this change out of the summer. You know, when you I I think maybe one of the reasons you don't see other promotions with six man tag titles, it's hard to find and let alone build up legit contenders. Like this is a untested trio that was kind of thrown together maybe from a storyline perspective, we saw the foundation face 
uh, Shintaro Motions months ago. We saw that we saw them face, I think it was Primal Fear, this group of dojo guys. But you know, what for me, maybe in the summer we'll see some of these trios from these other stables maybe facing Shintaro Promotions because otherwise there aren't really any real trios that I can think of. I think that's the only real path forward I see because once after this match and I, I would just definitely agree that it's probably going to go Shintaro Promotions way they're going to need another opponent and other than another kind of thrown together trio I don't know who that might be yeah I, I couldn't even tell you honestly uh the, and you hit the nail on the head the trios championships are so darn hard and especially if you're someone like a ring of honor who doesn't have a vast uh, roster I, they, they have a bigger roster than impact but I, I don't know. I, I, I can't. Trios, in all honesty, and I hate to be that guy, this is the least interesting match on the card for me. I mean, I think that's fair, especially from the other matches we were saying. It's very hard to predict. It's very hard to see. And as my, I, I interviewed Shane Taylor, and he tried to sell it like, oh, you know, they're untested. You never know. But it, you know, from a fan's perspective, it's like, all right, I, I really think Shane Taylor Motion is going to win. Um, for me, I, I'm a big fan of Shane Taylor. I, like His knee strike to the face is one of the most brutal ones that, I, that I've ever seen. I just love seeing him get in there and just like, you know, he's a powerful dude. He's you know, this big powerhouse of a guy. I really like uh, Soldier of Savagery. So I think um, kind of as I was just saying, maybe on the flip side of that, that kind of sets up Shane Taylor promotions to have this dominant reign because it's hard like we were just saying it's hard to uh find uh depth of challengers because you know it is hard to book a trio's uh division like that so for all these reasons i would definitely expect shane tower promotions to uh pick up a pretty decisive win on sunday Another match for me is in some ways pretty hard to call. It'll be the TV title match between Tony Depp and, and Dragon Lee. Uh, these two guys have kind of been maybe indirectly playing hot potato over the TV title because we had Trace Williams defeat Kenny King, who was replacing Dragon Lee at 19th anniversary. And then Depp and De uh, defeated Trace Williams a couple of weeks later. And then in a triple threat match, uh, Trace Williams pinned Depp in, uh, and Lee, Lee did not take the fall there to kind of set up this match. So a bunch of like uh, kind of uh, connecting the dots there, leading to this match between Deppin and Lee. This is a final battle rematch from 2020. That was uh, Tony Deppin's, I think his pay-per-view debut for Ring of Honor. Uh, and then we were just talking about Lethal and Brody King. Another clash between stables here, Tony Deppin in uh, Violence Limited, Dragon Lee in LFI. So for me on paper, it's easy to say, okay, Dragon Lee is probably going to win. He seems like the more established star. He seems like, you know, if, feels like he's got that momentum in his favor and if not momentum just that maybe that that track record of being a real top star uh, but at some time tony depp and you know he's been pretty su successful ever since he arrived in ring of honor so it's hard to bet against him but i know i really enjoyed their match back in final battle i look forward to this one maybe this will be a chance for for tony depp to get that one back to kind of you know prove that he's grown since uh final battle since he's aligned with violence limited but uh, what do you think of this one dennis boy uh you know I'm looking up and down, and this should have Tony Deppin win written all over it. But the more I think about it, the more I think Dragon Lee is going to walk out of here with this title again. Uh, you know, I you look at the way Deppin won it, it was kind of in shocking fashion, I would say. But I don't know if he's done enough to make me believe that he can successfully defend this title in a big stage like Best in the World. I think Dragon Lee is one of those guys where the if he carries that belt, it elevates Dragon, it elevates the belt. I think Deppin 
hasn't really done anything to make me go, oh, this guy is a bona fide champion. Not yet. And not to say he won't. So I think Dragon Lee walks out with the belt. I mean, it's it's it feels like that makes a lot of sense in the world. He's a he's a world class athlete. Uh, like and like you were saying, just kind of the way that we've we, they've been presenting Deppin. He won it in shocking fashion. I think he he pinned um, Williams again. There was, there was some tomfoolery there. So you know, uh, I I would think it makes some sense for for Lee to win here. That would kind of help reestablish LFI as this dominant stable because, I mean, they were suspended for all of May, so they kind of uh, faded into the background despite having the world champion uh, in their stable there with Roosh. So, you know, maybe being Roosh, presumably, and Dragon Lee both win on Sunday, that would be kind of a, a statement that LFI definitely back on top Ring of Honor. So... I think I would favor uh, Dragon Lee, but at the same time, I, it's hard to bet too much against Tony Deppin. Um, you know, again, again, I think the outcome a little hard to call. It's going to be a great match. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, while we're on the subject of the stable warfare, might as well pivot to the tag team title match. It'll be a fight without honor between Brett Titus and Trace Williams against uh, Violence Limited's Chris Dickinson and Homicide. Homicide back in Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor original there, teaming up with the Ring of Honor newcomer in Chris Dickinson. For me, I'll admit I was a little surprised where, you know, I... I, they had seemingly kind of started to gravitate towards this match. They they had uh, an angle on one of the TV shows where Dickinson and Homicide attacked the champions backstage. I kind of thought, okay, we might get you know a match at uh, at best in the world, and then maybe the fight without honor at Glory by Honor. Just give that match to that show, the two night show, a big match like that. But we're we're leading off here. This uh, I think this will be the first match between these two teams with a fight without honor. And for me, that's doubly surprising because. Uh, Titus and Williams have made it clear that every time they defend the titles, it will be under pure rules. And a, a fight without honor is literally the exact opposite of, of a pure rules match. So um, in some ways, uh, it, I feel like this, this match might favor Dickinson and Homicide because they're literally in violence limited. A fight without honor, it's all about violence. It's all about chaos and, and everything that pure wrestling is not in that sense. So... Um, but at the same time, they are very untested as a team uh, from what we've seen in Ring of Honor. So um, tough to call, but uh, as much as this might help the foundation kind of get a signature win here, this could also really kind of uh, really, really establish Violence Limited as a, as a genuine force as well. Uh, listen, I'm going with the foundation to win this match. I, I really like what Foundation's doing. And let's say... Jay Lethal loses that match. This is just one of those things that makes it a little less painful for the foundation. I think if Lethal wins, well, depending on how the card goes, but like if let's just say Violence Unlimited wins the belts, I could see Lethal going over to really balance out because the foundation for the most part has been one of, if not the most dominant stable in Ring of Honor throughout COVID. And I can't see that disappearing on this on this pay-per-view so i'm gonna go with the foundation to retain here i i think i would agree uh like you mentioned it is definitely worth watching how the card does unfold a bunch of these stable versus stable matches you know just kind of from a surely logical standpoint i wouldn't imagine any one of the stables will you know and will get swept in terms of losing all their matches and the same token the odds of anyone in the stables winning all these matches, you know, of going kind of undefeated in that sense, it's possible. Uh, I think if I remember back at um, Final Battle, the foundation got a clean sweep in that sense. So uh, I don't know. It's hard to predict, you know, and, you know, it'll, it'll, that'll make the, the viewing experience interesting on Sunday because, you know, let's say 
uh, I don't know, let's say Brody King beats Jay Lethal, then in the back of my mind, I'm going to be like, all right, maybe that means the foundation's winning this tag title match and vice versa. Like that does add this layer of um, almost like a, a an active viewing experience because like as the, the cards unfolding, then you, your, your predictions might change because like I said, I, I don't think that any one of these tables will go entirely winless because they're they're full of these very obviously talented competitors and uh you want to i would if i were ring of honor in this case i'd want to make sure that um they all pick up a win somewhere that they're, they're all you know have one thing to kind of hang their hat on so to speak uh moving all, away from the pay-per-view rather than going uh winless like that so uh, i'm very interested in this one again titus and williams guys that are really have been the the They've tried to really infuse the tag division with pure rules, and, and now they're going to be in this fight without honor. So I'm very curious to see how that unfolds there with two guys literally in Violence Unlimited. So I think that's uh, uh, that story kind of writes itself, and I'm I'm curious to see how just how much that uh, influences the outcome uh, of that. So I think yet again, I think it'll be a great match. Tough to call, but I'm very much looking forward to it. Another one that may and maybe this one might want this one might be one of, one of the matches, maybe a little easier to call, but uh, it'll be the pure title match between Jonathan Gresham and Mike Bennett. Jonathan Gresham, uh, if I recall correctly, I think he's now 10 and 0 in pure rules matches uh, as as the pure champion since dating back to the the pure title tournament. So he's been a, a very impressive champion. I feel like I say all the time on, on the recap of Honor, for my money, probably the the very best pure wrestler in the world, at least that I've seen. Um, I, I think that's pretty darn fair to say. Uh, he's, he's 10 and 0 now. Going up a guy in Mike Bennett, Ring of Honor veteran, a guy that's uh, entering this pure division. And while he's new to the pure division, I believe, if I recall correctly, he has not been pinned in singles action since he returned to Ring of Honor last fall. So he's got quite a lot of momentum on his side. But uh, I, I think that, you know, helps build him up as a contender in that sense. But, you know, I look at, I look at that 10 and, 10 and 0 number for Gresham and just the fact that, you know, I do not see him losing this one here because you know i think the, the day the day he does win it's probably going to be to someone that's been built up just as well because for me gretchen in some ways is maybe slowly turning the pure title into a real you know prize possession ring of honor yeah it's a real perceived title it's it's history speaks for itself and now he's had such an impressive run with it that i mean he beat jay lethal at the 500th episode so you know for me i think mike bennett will put on a good performance it'll he'll really a test question, but I'm sorry. I don't see him losing the title here. I wish I had a statistic for this and I'm basing my prediction solely on one thing that I've seen ring of honor in the grand scheme of wrestling is a small company. So when you get one of your wrestlers to throw out the first pitch at a Cubs game, Mike Bennett, the other day, uh, that to me makes my ears peak, you know, peak up a little bit. I go, all right, you know, they're giving him a, a champion's, I guess, what would you call it, media run? Um, yeah. Makes me wonder if maybe Bennett does pull this out, you know. Uh, and I wish I knew. Once again, I wish I could go back and look at, you know, guys who threw out the first pitch at a ball game right before their big match, what their record is. And that one thing so alone makes me think Mike Bennett might pull this off, which, you know, I know it's a dumb thing to predict and on paper, Jonathan Gresham should not lose this match, but maybe it's time for a change for a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe Jonathan should chase it. Maybe Jonathan should move up to the next level. I don't truly know, but I do know that, you know, the Cubs are a big league team and, and one of the best in baseball. And you have Mike Bennett, 
the week of his pure championship title match, throwing out the first pitch there when they could have had just about anybody else there who has, I'd say, bigger name value. It, you know, you we could Jay Lethal, EC3. I think those are two guys that have a bigger name value than Mike Bennett. Maybe the pure rules champion himself, Jonathan Gresham. I, the math doesn't add up here. So I'm going to go with Mike Bennett just off that speculation. It's funny because literally this afternoon, uh, I wrote up an article about Bennett throwing out the first pitch. And for me, I was just like, sure. You know, I, I guess uh, if, I, if I'm not sure if he's from Chicago, but yeah, you know, he, he threw out the first pitch and I was like, all right, you know, that's cool. It's a, a good media thing for Ring of Honor. But I just didn't even put it, pay mind to the fact that, hey, maybe uh, they're showing maybe showing their, their cards a little bit that it might be setting them up for that. Or at least at the very least, maybe they're kind of sewing those. You know, maybe this is this isn't as uh, as a as decisive of, of a match to call as you might think. Because like I said, I I look at this match coming into it, I'm like, oh, it's got to be Gresham. But Dennis, you you mentioned that uh, I don't know. It's 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 hard to kind of look at that without you know having at least a little doubt that just maybe you know. But see, you you do mention you know, and maybe as I was saying earlier, on the flip side, Gresham has that 10-0 record. He's had this great run as a champion. All all reigns got have to end at some point. So. And they have built up Mike Bennett pretty darn well, if not in the period of just in general, because he has not been a pinned or submitted since he came back in a singles matches. So, in some ways, may, maybe the, the as you said, the, the math in that sense, maybe 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 it does favor Bennett, despite maybe the maybe that some of the common sense or the maybe the traditional numbers there favoring the champion in that sense. For me. Um, if we're just getting a fantasy booking kind of thing, I've long, maybe dating back to the pure title tournament, I've long thought that, you know, maybe a, a longer term kind of thing, you know, it'd be great to see Gresham kind of really get built up and pick up some signature wins, grand here to beat Jay Lethal. So maybe that's in the cards anyway. But to me, the, the story kind of writes itself somewhere down the road, maybe not too, not in the too distant future of having Gresham maybe win the world title going from having this great run as a pure champion uh really proving that honor is real proving that pure wrestling is this foundation and then having him win the 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 world title you know to me that that, that could be something that you know that that journey really kind of uh kickstart even if you lose because I, mean, I won't i don't know if i'd expect him to chase the title while being the pure champion i, I should say so maybe ben will pull off the upset and then gresham will uh, turn his focus elsewhere for that for that world title so uh maybe that could kind of frame up for that but like you said, you know, Dennis, you called to mind the the fact that something as small as the first pitch at a baseball game could could kind of it's it's something to keep an eye on. You know, it's something that should definitely be uh, kept in the back of our minds heading into the show on Sunday because you, you, could you be never know. You never know. You know, it could uh, be I, nothing to mean something. I I'm kind of with you, but if I had to put my finger on one thing that would say what would make me believe Mike Bennett has a chance of winning. It's he was the guy, even though the listen, I believe that is his hometown team. Uh, I think he had this great post about how he lived the dream and all that stuff. So I I don't know. I, I'm going to go with the first pitch as my indicator. I'm going to Google it real quick just to see where he's from, because I don't know off the top of my head. But um, he did. Gonna... He did. This is from Massachusetts. So. Oh, <laughs> All right, that's a little weird. Um, doing throwing up. Maybe I was reading the wrong one. I just made that all up, everybody. No, just, you're you're not. You're not. You know, I I I wrote about it earlier today. I, they, he has a 
tweet. You can, you can check it out yourself. There's a Twitter post of him and Maria at a Chicago Cubs game. They both throughout the first pitch. So, as a know. Boston guy, we are kicking him out of Massachusetts. He's no longer <laughs> allowed to be here. Mike, I know you're watching this right now. Shame on you. That, that was his first. That was his first mistake. It should have been a Red Sox game. That would really help. So that that down. I'm changing my prediction now. Uh, screw Mike Bennett. He is he is not going to win this match. Well, I still think maybe there there is that that seed of doubt there that you know just the the sheer fact that he did throw the first game. Charlotte Cubs being a big league team like that. So doubt, like I said, something to keep an eye on. I should mention I'm going off the Wikipedia page, and they buried the the Briscoes match below the all the title matches. So I've completely overlooked that. So we can backtrack a little bit because the Briscoes will be in action on Sunday. They they they've fought out their differences. They they fought out like men, and now they are back in action. The Briscoe brothers, uh, I think they are 11 time tag team champions here, back in action against the reunited team of PJ Black and Brian Johnson. Uh, for me, you know. I feel like the Briscoes need to win. Dennis mentioned earlier, this feels like a match that could have been on the, on the hour one uh, pre-show, if you will. Um, at the same time, uh, I'm biased. I've interviewed Brian Johnson twice. He's quickly become one of my favorite guys in Ring of Honor. I think his promo ability is phenomenal. I just I, I love seeing him on the TV every time that he he's on the show. But this feels like it's got Briscoes win and capital letters all over it because... I mean, th- this is one of the stories right itself. The Briscoes, they went through a bit of a rough patch. They had they had the fight on the farm. They saw all the differences. Now they're back. They're, they are very determined to win the titles yet again. And that could start here. Um, granted, they'll be in action this weekend on Ring of Honor Wrestling. So this will, I guess, technically be their second match uh, back together here from a viewing standpoint. But I, I think we're, we're talking earlier about uh, the bouncer being in action. This will definitely be kind of telling for the, the tag team division because... Um, if the Briscoes win, I would think they kind of should launch pretty much to the top of the rankings here. But if they lose, which I don't think they will, but if they lose, that could definitely help PG Black and Brian Johnson kind of the rankings as well. All right. Uh, when I look at this match, I think Brian Johnson and PJ Black at this point are lower card tag teams compared to the Briscoes. So this is just one of those matches that are, if, if the Briscoes, and, and hear me out, uh, I'm going to take you down a, a interesting rabbit hole, but uh, if if nothing wonky happens in this match, the Briscoes should go over, and I won't use the word easy, but there's no doubt the Briscoes should go over and move up. The tag team division is a little bit thin right now. I can't see them breaking the Briscoes up again, but boy, this has a, a, a turn written all over it where you think, all right, the Briscoes are back and all they have to do is beat this team to really, because, you know, if you remember, you, you know, one of the Briscoes was like, hey, I want us to start at the bottom and work our way up. Well, what better way to swerve everybody than starting at the bottom and boom, whammy, a, a, a turn. I don't see that happening only because of the death of the tag team division and I don't think it makes for a feel-good story if the Briscoes start at the bottom and work their way up at the top because we know they should be at the top. That storyline never made sense to me with a wrestler you know that should be at the top. I think the Briscoes win this. I have to agree, and it pains me to say that because I'm such a big fan of Brian Johnson, but uh, we're talking already about Dan Housen PCO. The fact that he's going to be in there in the ring with Jay Briscoe and Mark Briscoe, both as a as a duo, as such a great tag team, and for Jay Briscoe, former world champion, that only stands to help you know Brian Johnson and PJ Black just by sheerly sharing the ring with them. I should uh, just 
to address this comment. Did you happen to see the fight on the farm? I think that was last week on Ring of Honor Sling. Oh yeah, uh, it oh. was. It was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm one of those guys. Whether it works or not, I applaud people doing different things in wrestling. And uh, I'm not one of those snarky guys that wants to tear everything apart. If I don't like it and they're trying something different, I appreciate it still. So I really appreciated what they did out there. Absolutely. You know, to me, it's just, it's kind of almost ironic in some ways. Like that was just last week. And now we're kind of on this, you know, the precipice really of returning to some semblance of normalcy. And other than the uh, Vincent Matt David match, the 19th anniversary, that was really the only cinematic match Ring of Honor has done this whole time in the pandemic. So, uh, you know, I, I but they definitely could do it again. That's not to say they can't do that kind of thing on another like episode of Ring of Honor TV. But um, you know, for me, I liked it a lot. It was, uh, I think I talked about it on the the podcast that I did about it. But for me, I don't know if I would have liked it as much. It wasn't the Briscoes, but it's the Briscoe boys. They've literally filmed promos from a chicken coop before. Um, like this has them written all over it. They and they 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 obviously want all out. Mark jumped. Off the, jumped off a building through a table uh he got i think he got thrown off an rv at one point it was it was crazy it's definitely different and for me it worked in that sense and uh, like you said dennis i definitely commend whether it, whether it even works or not just the sheer effort of trying to do something a little different something different than what we've seen dennis you and i we both cover wrestling that's what we do when we watch us so much wrestling all the time something just they haven't really seen before like that even just that alone feels pretty you know refreshing in that sense and i think they did a great job with it so and like you just said i think the fact that they did that and they had they had that fight on the farm now they're going to be back together uh there's that potential for an upset to kind of swerve and have that that uh starting from the bottom story maybe unfold a little differently than usual but at the same time what better what better way back in front of the live crowd having the briscoes win and get back on track in that sense so i think that'll be definitely something to look out for on sunday let me ask you this colin and this is the interviewer in me about to come out and ask you this question but where would you rank the fight on the farm as far as other cinematic matches in in all the other companies i know it's a bit of a loaded question because you know the the hardy stuff will be number one of course and i might put this over some of the you know like i would put this the fight on the farm better than the randy orton bray wyatt burning down the the house match i would put that above that um Ah, boy, you know, I'm trying to think of some other things Impact did. I would put that above the uh, the cinematic stuff they did when they went over, Impact went over into the other world where Allie was murdered off TV and we never saw her again except for AEW. I would put this match above that. For, all right, I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit. I, I hint at it sometimes when it comes up, but for me, when I was a kid, I loved wrestling. Right, I started watching. I'm, I'm the show made watching the very tale on the 2007. I ate, ate, I loved it, loved it, loved it, uh, right until probably midway through 2015. And then, for any number of reasons, I just stopped. I pulled away, life got in the way. I just stopped watching, and I didn't get back into it until the very end of 2018. So, I actually missed a lot of things. You know, I missed a lot of things, and, and I've gone back and watched some of it, but I missed that Randy Orton Bray Wyatt match. And I've seen some of the, the classics, like I, I've through clips and stuff, I've seen the, the house being burned down, but uh, I, I didn't see that era of impact as much of that cinematic stuff. So, for me, my first introduction to real 
like cinematic WrestleMania 36 with uh, John Cena, Bray Wyatt, and the, the Boneyard match. And then what we saw with Ring of Honor, the, the Vincent Matt Taven match, and we've seen some other things as well here and there. But so in that sense, it's, it right. is a little hard to. Well, let's start there. Where would you put this match compared to uh, Wyatt Cena in the Boneyard match? It's hard to say because, you know, just, you know, being being frank, you know, the one thing, whether or not you like the match themselves, they looked really pretty, right? WWE has so much money at, at right. its disposal. They've got the best, you know, world-class technology, cut state-of-the-art, you know, they can throw money at it. They literally made uh, Undertaker and AJ Styles feel like this action movie and they had Undertaker right off of the sunset and it was cool. Um, and yeah, and also this, the, the, all that history, it's the undertaker. It was what to, to date remains his last match. And he, it, it was easy to see, he literally rode off in the sunset. So at least sitting here now, he hasn't wrestled again. So, um, if that was it, what, what a way to go out. So having all that, um, weight to it as a fan, you know, that was, really, that was great to see. And also because, and, and at that point for me, especially hadn't been done before. I hadn't really seen something like that. And then you get the Firefly Funhouse match, which was like an acid trip of epic proportions when you've got John Cena, Bray Wyatt, and for me, I should say, as that kid that started watching in 2007, 2008, John Cena was my Hulk Hogan. And then, you know, and then I get back into wrestling and he comes back shortly thereafter, relatively, to, to face Bray Wyatt, the monster, the fiend story writes itself. And seeing that, you know, all this crazy stuff, NWO John Cena, and all, like this weird, wonky, like it was so very, very like unprecedented. So, for me, like I was just saying about the fight on the farm, just that, that never before seen, that very new and different aspect of it, especially at the outbreak of this pandemic. Um, you know, when, when the future of wrestling itself was entirely up in the air, when it felt like we were gonna shut down, and thankfully the wrestling kept on, so I, I, could, I could keep working, but um, in that sense. You know, for me, uh, those two matches were great to see. So, I, I liked Fight on the Farm a lot. I thought it was great. It was fun. It was, and in that way, it was so different because, and in, in some ways, like those two matches were almost overproduced. I could say to try and you know, speak to uh, you know maybe defend Ring of Honor in that sense. You know, they were so like movie esque. This was more like almost like reality TV, like fighting. Like it was, they, it was very like practically in some ways like someone just kind of filmed it in the backyard and that that kind of helped the the realism aspect this was two brothers fighting on a farm it wasn't like you know the you know, the undertaker and aj styles fighting on this movie set there was that that air of legitimacy so it is hard to this is a long-winded answer but it's, it's hard to really um you know it's, really not that it's not that long of an answer because you nailed it right on the head the cinematic version of this match matched the quality of the match on a farm. If they came out and did a three-star uh, WWE or even Impact-style cinematic match, I don't think it would have fit that feel. Yeah, you know, and to me, that's just something, even maybe in a general sense, I mean, Ring of Honor, you can say, yeah, like they don't have the the budget WWE does. That that's just the way it is. And nobody does. Like WWE is that lead promotion. And with Ravana, you've got to find other ways to really succeed, other ways to to stand out in that sense. This fight on the farm was kind of a, a pretty darn good example of that. Where yeah, it's not gonna have that like movie like feel because you just don't have that production at you know in your back pocket. But what what do you do with that? You present this fight that's more legitimate that just you know it's more convincing in that sense and again it's 
it's literally called the fight on the farm. I'm not going to come in there expecting this, you know, I don't know, boneyard match, like, you know, epic cinematic experience. It was literally uh, the way it was kind of felt in some ways with someone filming the two brothers fighting on a farm. And I like that for that reason. I think that both this match and just to kind of compare it, the Taven, ben, uh, Taven and um, Vincent match at the last pay-per-view, um, both of them, you know, again, they don't have that that production uh I'll say budget, let's say, but they both worked in their own ways. So for me, I'll, I'll say I enjoyed it just as much. I'll be in very different ways than some of the other things we've seen because Ring of Honor leaned into its strengths rather than let itself be limited by maybe some of those um, obstacles that it has to face. Right. So I liked it a lot. I thought it was great. It was different. It was. Uh, and then even if you combine it from a storytelling uh, aspect where um, now presumably the Briscoe brothers are back together and this weekend we'll potentially see them kind of get back on track with the win on maybe unless they do go with that uh swerve there uh with them getting a win there back on pay-per-view so that even that too just that uh, that storyline uh, objective of getting them back on the same page makes it worthwhile as well so all the long long-winded answer i liked it i thought it was great and i'm glad that it, it gave us the the destination presumably of the Michigan's being back together so i'm very much looking forward to that Lastly, here we've made it through a 10 match card, not and now main event time. One, I mean, Dennis, you mentioned a couple matches you're very much looking forward to. You mentioned one of the matches on the pre show being a match in the contender, but for me, I've got to think Roosh Bandito world title match got to be the match of the night. These two guys, uh, in di- very different ways, admittedly, but two of the very best, uh, hey, I'll, I'll say best wrestlers, you know, on, on, on the scene today. I mean, and and if you want to say Bandito, one of the best high flyers, Bruce, one of the best, I don't know what to cut it, call his style, but uh, obviously he's been the, he's been the two, now he's a two-time Iran world champion. He's champion for a reason. He's a world-class athlete in that sense. Bandito, an electric high flyer. Ever since I got into Ring of Honor, I've been really hoping to see him uh, get to this point, get to the world title scene. He won Survival of the Fittest. Now he's here challenging for the world title for the first time in his Ring of Honor career. And uh, I read an interview from, uh, I think it was Roosh, spoke with Sports Illustrated. This is a rematch. I forgot. I think that one of the first pay-per-views I covered for Ring of Honor was uh, 17th, 17th anniversary way back in 2019, I believe. And Roosh at that point was undefeated, still pretty early in his Ring of Honor run. He defeated Bandito. And I remember liking that match. And obviously... So much has changed now, but here we are again, you know, the two guys colliding together. Uh, they've both grown a lot. And now Roos has been champion since I believe February of 2020, right before the pandemic started. He's uh, had a couple of good, uh, uh, you know, solid defenses here against guys like Jay Lethal, Brody King, Shane Taylor. Again, maybe with some nefarious means, but in the, in the record books, he's the world champion. That's what counts. Here he is against Bandito. I fully expect uh, an electric match here in the main event. You know, for me, as much as I really want to see Bandito win, I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's got all the potential in the world. I think he's great. Don't know if this is the time. I feel like whoever does dethrone Roosh, at least, and maybe it's, maybe that's you know, I'm old fashioned that way. But anytime you get a world title, anytime there's a change, I want that person to really be built up and 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 something. Sometimes you get upsets, right? But traditionally, I like that person to get really built up and you know to have them really feel like they're on that world champion level. I don't know if Bandito's there again. As much as I like him, as much as I think he could get there, he's only 26. He's got plenty of time to get there. I don't know if, if Sunday's his day. I agree with you 100%. I think Bandito will have Bandito will have a time. It's not now. You are entering back into an era where you have fans coming back. I think it's way too soon 
to even think about changing the title. You want to see how some of these guys go with the fans, how the fans react to them. Uh, Roosh, by the way, already has, what, two or three already title defenses already lined up still. I just I can't see them making a switch, pivoting right here. If this, if this were right before the fans came back, I would think, well, maybe there's a chance here. You're about to enter fans. Maybe you want to see what you have in Bandito. He could be a good stopgap champion and just see how the fans react. But we're now at the show. We now have fans back. Roosh is going to walk away with this championship. It's going to be a great, phenomenal match. But I just, I just can't see with them already laying out the future with Roosh and Flip Gordon that they're going to make a pivot here. I would agree, but to play devils or I should say heroes advocate, maybe, you know, fans being back. I think at pretty much every promotion across the board here, those first, that first show, first couple shows maybe back are going to be ripe for surprises, both from, uh, from debut standpoints. We saw Alistair Black make his AWW last, um, on Wednesday. Uh, and just in general title matches, I, I feel like definitely going to be, uh, maybe a heightened potential for upsets here. So as much as you think, okay, maybe uh, Roosh having this reign in front of fans with you know, being able to really boo this dastardly heel and have him uh, have this nice run in front of the live fans like that. At the same time, you know, having Bandito win there, the fans on the first night back. I mean, for as far as I've seen, everybody loves Bandito. He's such an electric high flyer. He's, you know, so easy to like. And while I, I, I don't want to, you know, contradict myself, I think that, you know, Again, for and for in, the, in this environment where upsets are a little more possible, believable, if not probable, uh, maybe even even I'll say more than some of the other matches on this card because a lot of the, some of these matches like that aren't real like heel uh, baby. Face. I look at um, I don't know. This, this really does feel like maybe the the clearest example of good guy bad guy hero and villain. And this will be telling because I mean, yeah, yeah other we, we we did mention. I mean, well, I actually they did say for the the Flip Gordon announcement, uh, it was they made it clear uh, Flip Gordon versus Roosh or Bandito. So it's not like they said, uh, you know, Roosh versus Flip Gordon. I will say that. So we we're talking about Flip Gordon earlier. Flip Gordon's spot in the match is, has been has been confirmed, but the world champion is not. So, you know, I feel like an upset could happen. Um, but yet again, like I said, Bendito, he's got plenty of time. Maybe they'll build him up a little more. Maybe they want to give uh, Roosh this run in front of a crowd that he hasn't had really uh, due to the pandemic, you know, as the world champion now uh, with, with Flip Gordon technically lined up with, um, you know, and this, this summer and beyond here, you know, going to be a great match. And I think that Benito could win. There, there are some matches on this card even that, you know, feel like pretty much definite, you know, one way or the other. But I think there's some potential for an upset, but I think I would agree at the end of the day, Roosh should at least be considered the favorite in this match. I think I would definitely agree with that. But top to bottom, such a loaded loaded card here. And maybe I'll end with the, uh, the so the show just released with a little little general question. I mean, uh, obviously, return to pay-per-view for of Honor. The fans are going to be back. You've got to imagine they're going to have some, maybe, maybe some aces up their sleeve. Purely just, you know, for, for kicks and giggles here. Uh, Dennis, do you, do you have any thoughts on some beyond what we're seeing on the card, beyond these matches, but things that, that, that were not have, have not been announced that we're not necessarily expecting that we're not being told to expect? What do you think of Ring of Honor? Uh, might have lined up between, I mean, obviously, we know Slammiversary has built itself up on uh, having maybe some ex WWE guys coming in or women for that sense. Uh, but do you think that this could be a chance to have any any curveballs like that? 
Boy, I'm trying to do the math in my head and whose non-compete is up right now. In all honesty, I know now we've been throwing that curveball that some people may have a 30-day, but they're not really talking about it yet. Uh, you know, Alistair Black is one of them, I believe. Buddy Murphy just came out on Fightful and said that uh, he has a 30-day, but he's he's you know wouldn't clear it in time for this match. I, I truly don't know off the top of my head who would be able to clear and show up. Maybe you would see a, a impact guy show up. I think the big thing that I'm looking forward to that could be the surprise is Matt Taven Vincent. I think they had talked about you. They might have something going on, but it wasn't a match, but I don't know. Um, but I think Matt Taven Vincent has been one of those phenomenal stories that, I get leaving them off the card to to prolong the the rivalry, but I can't see them not having some sort of footprint that could make an impact somehow on this card. I would agree. I will say I um it may have been in the X Files, Kevin Eck on Ringvire.com. I think he said that Taven will be hosting his trending with Taven talk show didn't say which guest it will be but you know maybe that will be Vincent because that's the one kind of glaring omission from the card uh what you know getting something with that that feud's been going on for pretty almost about a year and a half at this point so you know at some point you've got to that's going to culminate um and you know I would imagine best in the world will be an opportunity to at least extend it keep it going however that might be um you know, for me, I should say the Joe Koff, the COO, gave an interview and he said something like, if you're not a Ring of Honor fan, you will see unexpected faces. So I wasn't sure about what to make of that. You know, I don't know what that means. Um, I think, as I was saying, the reason I asked in the first place, any show like this, and again, across the board, you were, a lot of fans, that's the... That's the the, the general feel for the business right now that you're going to we're all expecting surprises across the board every company it's like all right fancy back what are you going to give us and i think on, on the side companies are kind of eager to to generate buzz to like you know celebrate fans being back maybe some companies have been holding things back you know keeping keeping those aces up their sleeves until the fans come back in some senses so you know uh, curse uh predicting or hoping there'll be surprises but we don't we don't know who you know it's tough to say with those non-compete clauses being what they are you know it's easy to say oh i hope this person shows up but they might not be able to at least at least for this show on sunday maybe they will at some point throughout the summer whoever it might be but i don't know i mean for me that's something I'm looking forward to. We do know, I should say, one uh, thing that we uh, can look forward to, the full bracket for the Women's World Championship t- Tournament will be revealed on Sunday. I think we're up to like 15-ish uh, participants at this point. So we look forward to that bracket. But I think most of the spots have been taken up at this point. Um, maybe maybe a, a curveball of a surprise in there. I don't know. But um yeah, that is kind of the downside of just the, the nature of the business is we can say, oh, like all these WWE people got released, but just the way that the the the, the way this cookie crumbled, Ring of Honor, Best in the World will be on Sunday. So what where is the same verse next week? Some of those people will be able to show up at Ring of Honor on Sunday. You know, the, the 90 days in some cases will be up. So I'd expect to see some surprises. I don't know who, but I'm looking forward to it. But regardless, regardless of all the other outside stuff, we do know one thing. It's going to be a great show. I've got two names that I'm just kind of, I quickly Googled the 2021 releases, right? And there right now are only two names that really strike me as interesting that could pop up as I'm reading this, as we're talking here. Lars Sullivan, he feels like he would fit in good. He's has the anxiety issues, but he's a big guy. It's a small, intimate company. 
I think they could handle his anxiety issues a lot better than the WWE could. And Bo Dallas. Those are the two names. Those are the two names that I'm looking through. I, I know recently Chelsea Green said she had like seven days left. I'm not sure. She might only have one or two as of this pay-per-view. So, and I don't, I couldn't see them bringing in a woman as a surprise only because there are no woman matches on this card. So with that being said, I think those are the only two realistic show-ups that we could see. Bo Dallas is definitely a curveball. I mean, he's one of those guys that got released and it's very unclear what his future holds. I remember seeing a while ago that, and the next course exactly was all I was going to say, I think they're looking at opening, I think it was a real estate firm or something, making it kind of clear that he was preparing for life after wrestling, even during his WWE career before he got released. So I like the idea. Obviously, he's got that that lineage that uh, wrestling's in his blood in that sense. I think he he could definitely fit in Ring of Honor. But both him and uh, Lars Sullivan, to wrap it up here, uh, I feel like it's really kind of on the on the wrestler. It's like I think anybody could come to Ring of Honor and do great. Um but then, you know, it just kind of depends on what they want to do. For Lars Sullivan, same thing. I don't, he has those things he's been kind of dealing with. So, uh, you know, and now these, you know, his WWE run is over. I don't know what his future holds. I think he could do all Ring of Honor. I mean, Ring of Honor has some big guys like Bateman, Dutch, some others, but obviously Lars Sullivan, mountain of a man, big dude, you know, he, there's definitely a, a place for him in that sense. But I don't know. I mean, that, Again, kind of across the board, Ring of Honor being a great example, it's fun to say, you know, oh, this person could show up. Oh, it'd be fun if this person showed up. But we don't know. We're not going to know until Sunday night when it's happening live. And, you know, it's being, we're going to be watching the show and, you know, seeing what happens as we do. Obviously, here at Wrestling, we'll be covering the show live. And I'll give my thoughts about it the next day on the recap of Honor. And I'll probably do a, 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 a review feature for it as well because I just pump out the content for it. But looking forward to it. It's going to be a great show. 11 matches, two of them on that first hour totally free and i say it every week i can't recommend it enough i i I could say it every week that you don't have to pay for it at all you know if you want to get the event yeah you're gonna have to pay for it but it's gonna be worth every every cent you pay nine matches on the main card a match like rush and bandito all the the, the, these classes between these epic stables you're gonna see ec3 versus flip gordon all these things you know every match definitely has you know there's some something intriguing about every match, even if it's as simple as the fact that Mike Bennett threw out a first pitch, and that just might mean that he will win the pure title on Sunday. All these things, right? It's exciting. It's a fun time for Ring of Honor for all of wrestling. The fans are coming back. We're slowly getting into some semblance of normalcy, and that feels really darn good. So, Dennis, you know, here we are. We're looking forward to Ring of Honor. And uh, if you want to uh, plug your interview, I know you guys have the wrestling perspective player tonight, debuting your interview with Taylor w- Taylor Wilde. Am I right? Yes, yes. Taylor Wilde is tonight. Uh, it was a fun interview. It comes on at 8 p.m. on our stream. Make sure you're Eastern Standard Time, by the way. So, like, as soon as I'm done here, I'm going to tee it up and sit back and and interact with the fans as we all watch it together. Uh, very awesome woman. Then after that, like our past guests, we were the ones that did the Ruby Riot interview about the Ruby Soho name. We had CM Punk on two or three weeks ago now. Uh, we have some MJF interviews. I mean, you go over, look up Wrestling Perspective Podcast. We're on Twitch, YouTube, Fight TV, or if you only download an audio only, we're on every major platform. It's myself. I do it with uh, Impact Wrestling's PD Williams, Lars Fredrickson from the band Rancid. 
uh, Dimitri Young, who's a former two-time MLB All-Star, and uh, Darren McCarty, who's a four-time Stanley Cup winner with the Detroit Red Wings. We all kind of filter in and out, interview, talk wrestling, and uh, we would love to see some new faces over there. Trust us, we need new faces. I mean, I, I said it's a sorry show. I can't recommend the wrestling perspective of you guys constantly cranking out this great interviews. You mentioned CM Punk, Ruby Riot, or Ruby Soho. Now, now you've got Taylor Wilde. You mentioned Alistair Black in two weeks. That's um, that's amazing for me. Right. Every time I see you guys like tweet out whoever you're doing, I'm like, oh. Man, I wish I wish I could interview them, but I get the pleasure of listening to you guys as you've got your just such a great uh, lineup of hosts there, and just it's this great interactive uh, interview like that. So you know, it's definitely one of my very favorite shows, and you know, can't speak highly enough of it. Make sure you check it out, leave a like, and subscribe for them. And for us here, Russell Zone, I was I was so thrilled to be able to make this work with Dennis and to be able to uh, collaborate with you like this. And uh, you know, it's just yeah, yeah, we try too. to I, absolutely with Dennis and I have been uh, chatting. Uh, Using the internet, they want to follow the internet uh, for for months now, but this is our first time talking face to face, at least virtually. So, uh, but you know, I'm very glad we can make this work because here at WrestleZone, we try to do one thing, and that's enjoy wrestling. And even if it's as simple as previewing this 11 match card, like we just did for over an hour, Dennis, I I very much appreciate your time. And we mentioned that, as I told you before, you had me until like 7:55. And I will sing and dance and do whatever you need me to do. I mean, I, I told you just to peek behind the curtain. I was like, oh, we'll, we'll have a hard out at 730. But then I got on a tangent about cinematic matches. And here we are going over an hour. I'm glad yeah. we did. I was having fun. I sat back and listened because, you know, I've seen these matches and I have my opinion. But I love hearing other people's opinion on how things rank. And, and you being a diehard Ring of Honor guy. Uh, now I want you, I'm going to give you homework because now I want you to go back and watch some of those other cinematic matches and, and impact and, and other places to kind of get a feel of where you would rank this. And I, and I should, I mean, there, there is so much that I've missed across the board. And unfortunately, like, you know, now I, I cover wrestling for a living. So it's like, I watch so much wrestling live every week. And now it's like, yeah, it is, it can be kind of hard to go back and catch one of things, but with a, with a directed mission like that, of going, all right, I'm going to watch this and this, you know, the, the, the cinematic matches, like that's a heck of a lot easier. So I will take that homework and I will do it because I'm a, I'm a good student. So Dennis, with that all, with that all being said, uh, we, we mentioned the, the wrestling perspective. Everyone, make sure you check it out tonight. They'll be talking to Taylor Wilde. And again, for me, I'm, I'm biased. I'm a huge Alistair Black fan. Two weeks from now, you got to check it out. They're going to be interviewing Alistair Black. Always interested, interested to hear what he has to say. As you mentioned, Dennis, you've got the Twitch channel, the YouTube channel, all that stuff and more. And with that, everybody, this has been a preview for Ring of Honor, the pay-per-view on Sunday. It will be on Sunday. You know, best in the world. Can't recommend it enough. It's going to be worth every every cent you pay. Can't recommend it highly enough. But if we if we haven't sold you with this hour plus preview for the show, I guess that's okay because I'll, I'll be covering it anyway. I'll have you covered. Don't worry about it. I'll be covering it with news articles and everything. But to see it live, to see it in person, can't recommend it highly. You know, I, the Ring of Honor doesn't pay me. I'm I'm sitting here as a fan, just saying, check out the show. It's a great show. So that Dennis, we uh, we, we end every show by saying one. We do one thing here, Russell, and above all others, and that is to enjoy wrestling. Thanks for listening, everybody.